0: Welcome to People's Church Podcast. Well, this is the final uh, weekend that we are concentrating on our fall intensive, Fresh Hope 4, and this is where we have been focusing over the last six weeks. I know it has been intensive. It's been an intensive view inside. It has been a bit of a wake-up call, I guess you could say. Turn to your neighbor and say, am I ever glad that you're here today? And then tell them you really need this message. As we wind it up, we want to talk about fresh hope for a fruitful life and then how how to live abundantly. It says in Galatians 5, 23 that the fruit of the spirit, that's really just a key phrase. A fruitful life has to be rooted within the Spirit of God. We look around the world today, we see all kinds of nasty headlines and stories and very evil going on. It's a very, very evil time that you and I live in, in all over the world. And we live in a time where everything seems to be polarizing towards the negative. Maybe God is blowing a little trumpet and saying, awake, Christian, wake up. This is not a time to be asleep. It's not a time for you to sit back and just live out your life in the best and easiest comfort available, or in some quiet scenario where you hide in the background. This is not a time to be in the background. This is a time to be in the foreground of your families, of how God uses you in the marketplace and how he uses you within the church and the witness. You need to be in the foreground. There's not a time for Christians to shrink back. Not to build walls higher, rather to lower the walls and let's get the job done. Go around the world, let's go around our world. Let's engage with what is in our world right now. Sleep is a big issue. It can happen so easy within the spiritual realm. But that is not the fruit of the Spirit. When the Spirit is within you, He will bear the fruit of the things that you can't bear. It's interesting that in this list are the things that man thinks he can bear on his own. For instance, the fruit of the Spirit is love. You know, there is a, we said on Wednesday too, there's a counterfeit to everything that God produces in perfection. There's a counterfeit to every one of those perfect things. And this perfect thing here is love. Without God, there is no love. There is not that perfect quality of love. We don't really even have a demonstration of that. Then he goes into joy. Without God, there is no sense of great joy. Happiness is a cheap replacement. It tends to be a diminishing value. The more you do something that you thought was a thrill the first time, becomes less of a thrill the second and the third. All of these within the kingdom of God stay in a pure form. They come and emanate out of the spirit of God. When you read further, it says peace. Oh, that God would give us peace. People like to, around Christmas, quote the angels that said that the prince of peace has come. What they misunderstand is that it's not peace to the world through men's hearts. It's peace to the world between men and God. Jesus Christ has come. Who would, by his own blood and his broken body, bring about the right relationship with God. In doing that, we can have peace with God. Once you have with God, you can have peace in God. Next, forbearance or patience. Patience. This idea that somehow within us is this eternal patience that can work out of you. No, it's probably only going to take a bad driver to disturb your patience. Your patience gets disturbed very easily, as all of ours does. Kindness. Don't look from it from the hearts of men to be an emanating source that in the perfect model is carried out. God is the source of this. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, the counterfeits. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these emanate out of the Spirit of God. And when He is in our life as believers, He is the source of these things. And they are a definition of abundance in life. To live abundantly. In those that you have those things, I'm telling you, your life is filled with abundance. But then there's another player in this world, and we're introduced to him in John 10.10. 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. An interesting statement, more or less, this is all he does. It's not like it's just part of what he does. This is all he does. He is in no way the friend of man because he is not the friend of God. You have one friend in the spiritual realm, and that is God himself. When it comes to the enemy, Satan, he doesn't come for any of your good. He doesn't come to help you. He wants you asleep. If you're a believer, he wants to lull you to sleep. We talked about the devil's peace last Wednesday. He loves to create sleep in your life. But God in these times may be waking us up and saying, it's now time. Rise out of that sleep and find yourself engaged with the things in life that I want to do in and through you. Then that verse finishes off with an incredible statement. I have come, Jesus is speaking this in the first person, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly." Two statements, not just a one singular statement, two statements, I've come that they may have life. He came and brought to us salvation, a rightness between God and himself when we receive his work on our behalf. He gave his life on the cross so that you could receive the gift of righteousness that you cannot earn, you cannot in any way find any other path. It is Jesus Christ that offers you the gift of right relationship with God by giving you the righteousness of God as a gift by the grace of God that he purchased. And all you do is put your faith in it. He has come that you may have that life. But he doesn't stop the statement at just that. He goes to a further statement beyond that statement. And he says, and that they may have it more abundantly abundantly you know i mean you and i always are living off of limited resources i don't know how many hours you can go uh, and function high without sleep but i know this there's a limit to that i don't know how far you can go and not eat there's a limit to that or drink you have all of these limitations that are built into you you don't have absolute power and you do not have this abundance that strips away all of your weaknesses but Christ says I've come to give you an abundance of life that he is the resource of your resources always run out have you noticed that at the end of a day have you noticed that at an end of season when you're just so frustrated maybe in a relationship or with economics that it's like oh I'm done I'm done you ever say that to yourself I'm done It's a statement of reality of how you're feeling and what you feel at that moment. But if you're a believer, maybe it's a great time to make a statement like that and say, I am done. Now, Lord, it's you or nothing. It's you that deals with this or nothing. There's nothing no problem with getting to places where you just say you're done. It can be the most releasing thing when you finally admit to yourself that you are done. You don't have any more to bring here. Your, your patience is done. Your love is done. Your joy is done. Your peace is done. When you come to that and you can say it's done, then you can experience a fruit that goes well beyond the capacity of your own resources and what you can produce. Let's take a look quickly at seven particular ways Christians should seek for abundant life. First is stamina and endurance. This is an incredible uh, need today. I I think the Christian church has grown weak in many places around the world and certainly I think in North American Christianity there's a weakness that has come in There was that the previous generations didn't have. They had the stamina. They had more endurance. When it came to right and wrong, they were really clear. They functioned in those clarities and they had the stamina and the energy to make difficult stands. Doesn't mean they all got it right. But today there's a weakness because you've been inundated with lies. You're being constantly bombarded in every which way through every gate of knowledge you can possibly have. You are being inundated with things that are deceptive and wrong and lies and they come with pressure. You're going to need in this day and age stamina and endurance. If you're raising a family in this day and age, your strength won't do it you're going to need the Holy Spirit. You need to have his power functioning in a very real way within the practice of parenting. In any area where you are exercising your authority or management or responsibility or roles, you need the Holy Spirit. Without him, you will always run up against your end of yourself And you will back yourself into a corner where you have nowhere else to go. And that can be the wake up moment. A moment that you recognize, for me to have abundance here, it's got to get beyond me. I think as a believer, sometimes we hang on to control and exercise only out of ourselves until we have to let go. Hopefully as we mature, we learn to let go sooner. Stamina and endurance. If you got a big job ahead of you and you had to form a crew, and let's say you had to dig a great big long pit with, by hand with shovel, would you go out and choose a bunch of weaklings and people that haven't exercised in, in years and they have no muscle mass, they have no strength? But then there's another group of people over here. That have muscle and they're strong in skeleton and they are ready in mind to take on that project and get to work and sweat it out. That's what the church requires today in the world that we live. This is the type of Christianity that will dig the long trench, that will do the hard work, that pays the high cost, that puts their energies in the best they got forward. It will lead to an abundance But not until we get ourselves strong. Stamina. Stamina. Quit too early. Just quitting too soon. Gets uncomfortable. Stamina is important in anything in life and certainly in our faith. And so to live in abundance, if you want an abundant life, you can't can't live in abundance without having stamina from God. Endurance that you're building into your faith. That's why he gives you all these little tests. Will you believe him? Will you even look to him? Are you willing to hear his voice and then respond and do what he asks and take the risks that, uh, that that encompasses? The second thing is we need an enlargement. You should seek for an enlargement of the sphere of our life. Your life, most of the time, the way people live today, is not an enlargement of sphere. It's a reduction of sphere. Because the more that the world feels out of control to us, the more we pull in so that we can get back a sense of control. And we begin not enlarging our sphere, we reduce our sphere. And when we reduce our sphere, we are cutting out the best opportunities that God has for you. You're cutting out a maturing process. You're cutting out out of your life the fact that you are now not able to grow beyond your fear, your comfort, and so you continually live in a smaller world. We need an enlargement of the sphere of our life. If you are a normal human being, that gets smaller as you get older, that sphere. Because you only look at your capacities and your comfort, and why would I... You need to be willing to grow a larger life. And you need to be willing to let that life be grown larger in you. And that means you let the Holy Spirit challenge you with things that require faith. Look to me, so he calls us to do. He says, look to me and, not, and see if I won't do great and wonderful things. Look to him. Increase my sphere. Don't let the challenges of life reduce your life. Third, the exercise of the powers he gave me. You need to be willing to do this. When it comes to seeking an abundant life, God has already put within you some things that are pretty magical. He has given you the power of your will. He's given you the power in your formation of your gifts. He's given you the power of your health. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. He's given you this. These are all gifts of God. He has given you this power so that they could be exercised. And when you exercise them, then that will increase your life. You want abundance? You exercise what you got. In so many cases, Jesus wanted them to exercise what they've got. Guys, this crowd doesn't have to go anywhere for food. Go and find what you can out there in the crowd. So they did. And they found a whole bunch of food. Yeah. They found a few loaves and a few fish. And they brought it back to Jesus. And Jesus touched it and blessed it. And then it multiplied. And he kept blessing it and it multiplied and it multiplied and it multiplied. But they had to have the starting point of bringing what they had to exercise the powers. You know, their first response was this. We only found this. This crowd, send them loose. They'll go to the closest McDonald's. Get them out of here. We can't feed all this crowd. you know how much it would cost to feed this crowd? I mean, when I'm looking at this crowd, I know what it would cost to feed you. You look like a hungry crowd. So it would cost us a lot of money to feed you. These guys are looking at that and they're thinking all the practical reasons why it won't work. You think in that way. You think you're wise by being that practical. Let me tell you something. You're missing out on the best ride of life. A ride that says I give God what I got. He does what only God can do with what I got. You say, but don't live your butts in life. Live an obedient, obedient, nature towards christ and he will do what he's promised to do you need to exercise the powers that he's already given you what is he already given you he's given you things that the neighbor beside you doesn't have you have uniqueness to your wiring and who you are you have uniqueness in every which way physical mental emotional spiritual you have all of this uniqueness wired in you that your neighbor you're sitting beside does not have In that uniqueness, God has put his his stamp of approval upon it and says, this is meant to serve me. But you have to start using what I gave you first before I will increase, before I will bless. You need to exercise the powers. You want to live in abundance? You want your relationships to be in abundance. Exercise your will for forgiveness. Take your risks. Be willing to risk emotionally so that you can have honesty within your relationship. Have that kind of willingness to exercise the powers that he gave you. Uh, Four, greater energy. Greater energy. You know, there's a story of a demoniac who uh, Jesus gets off about and here's this demoniac. He's in the tombs. It's in the land of the Gadarenes which is just off the Sea of Galilee. And this, this demoniac who has thousands of demons in him. A legion was he, what his name was of the demon, which could be upwards of six or 7,000 demons in him. He comes and he challenges Christ, to which Jesus says, come out. And they said, don't send us into the abyss. Send us into the pigs over there. So he did. The pigs knew what to do with him. The pigs ran off the cliff and drowned in the Sea of Galilee. What's the point on this? The demoniac had strength and energy that was huge. He would break any chains they put on him. They they weren't able to hold him with anything that way. If, If the devil can produce energy, what do you think it's like for believers who have the Holy Spirit within them what do you think it's like with having his spirit reside within your heart, meeting the challenges of your life? Imagine the power resident within you. Oh, we see it in Old Testament stories like Samson. Here's Samson. We think of him being some huge guy. The Bible never speaks about him being a huge guy. This is not, you know, one of these Hollywood types that have taken way too many steroids. This is just a normal guy. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon him, he does these remarkable things. They can't bind him. They can't keep him. And he goes out and does what God wants him to do, which was to exact revenge upon the people that ruled Israel, the Israelites at that time. And that were brutally using them and robbing from them and stealing them. So he goes out and he becomes a deliverer. Just a normal God, but when the Spirit of God's upon you. Martin Luther, the guy who was so incredibly uh, the foundation of the restoration of the biblical... Uh, f- the, that you are saved by faith through grace. This is an am- or by grace through faith. This is an amazing guy that, that just, st- a normal guy. This was a normal just monk. I mean, but he stood up biblically in his day and age against the Vatican and all of the world of religion to reclaim a biblical faith. Stories told about him one day. In fact, they say you can go and see where this happened, where he, the room he was in where he was sitting and working and he heard behind him a somebody and he looked and there was the devil appearing says he took the inkwell and said get out of here down with him, threw the inkwell against the door That takes a kind of energy, that takes a kind of spirit filled life, a kind of spirit surrendered life that says, there's nothing that God cannot do. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. This spirit of the Lord in your life is remarkably powerful, and it is a source of abundance if you're willing to live that way. You are not a source of abundance. There was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus one day. He had it all, guys. You know this story. He had it all. And he says, what do I still lack? How can you have everything this world offers at your beck and call and say, what do I still lack? Because in the human heart, there's always lack where God is not supreme. And so he asks, what am I missing? And Jesus told him. He said, well, you go and fill all the commandments. And he said, I've kept all of these since I was young. Then he said, okay, go sell everything you got. And then you come follow me. What would be done in that moment of time? A decision was made. An energy that he wanted in his life was only going to be sourced Out of a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And he turned him down. It says he turned and walked away sad. How can that be? How can you have it all? Because if you don't have it sourced from the Spirit of God, it fades. It's like water in the hands. It loses its magic for you. And more than likely, it will fall right through your fingers. Five, overflowing enjoyment. Overflowing enjoyment. Enjoyment. God wants you to enjoy life. Now there are moments that you grab and it's like, oh, what a great moment this is. Maybe it was a family moment. Maybe it was a moment in nature. Maybe it was a moment on a beach. Maybe it was a moment at work. And moments, you know, they call, oh, that was a great moment. Look, God wants you to have those moments over and over and over again. One of the things that you need to do if you're going to enjoy an abundance is life to have a heart that can see what you have already and enjoy what you already have in your life. You already have the vast amount of blessing that you could ever want in life. Many of you are sitting with your families. You are raising children in your, in your home. You have meaningful work. You have great challenges ahead of you. You have the most beautiful creation around you. You have all of these things at your beck and call right here, right now, right now. But your heart doesn't engage deeply with those things because you are looking at the next journey. What is the gap? What am I missing? You know, you are working for that gap. Most of the time we end up looking at gaps that maybe there's only 2%. And we might have 98%. But that 2% draws our attention and that's what I want. Rather than absorbing and engaging the moment, able to enfold the moment and enjoy overflowing the moments that life brings you every day, instead of looking for just some new magical twist on things, embracing what you have is key to overcoming you know when it comes when it comes to living in abundance you already have it then god will continue to bless you when you enjoy life it's because it's got through just the mind to the soul it's, it's, it's touched the layers all the way through. Now the whole thing here is God wants to say, just reverse that. That which is in your spirit is wired into enjoyment. It is a heart deal. And he says that can cause your mind to see things you never saw. You never, the, the kids were always there. But it was just a moment of time for bed instead of a moment of magic of, whoa, the blessing. Those wake-up moments when all of a sudden we realize how rich we are. Overflowing enjoyment. If you want to live abundantly, then the Holy Spirit can open your spirit to grabbing what you already have and enjoying it and seeing it for what it is. The goodness of God already upon you. Greater sensitivity. When we say greater sensitivity, it's the idea that you have the ability to really look at other people. Instead of in a judgmental way or any kind of latter way of comparisons. But to be able to look at other people and be able to be sensitive towards their lot in life. Where they're at, what they're dealing with. You lose that kind of harshness of judgment of, well, they made their own bed, let them lie in it. It's more becomes a sensitivity that says, you know, is there anything, Lord, that I can be a part of in blessing them today? You know, that, that Samaritan that comes along that road and and the Jew is half beaten, and I mean he's really beaten up bad. And he's on the side of the road, probably gonna perish without help. And this guy he didn't know him from, from anybody. But he had a sensitivity. Now, you would think the sensitivity would have been already in the priest that went by, and then the priest assistant that went by. But neither of those two had that sensitivity. But somehow, this Samaritan had the Spirit of God connected to his soul, which connected to his eyes, which connects to his heart. And he sees differently. Now he gets a little fuller expression of, I'm not here to figure this guy out whether he shoulda. What a stupid decision to walk at this time of day. What a dumb decision he made to be alone. What a crazy decision he made. No. It's just, here's my response. And he goes to the man without knowing anything about him. Without qualifying the help with a story that he would agree with. He just goes and helps. That's a sensitivity that is spirit driven. That's a heart of God being revealed. That's God telling us how we need to respond to others. Sensitivity. Sensitivity will bring about abundance. The sensitivity of not just people in pain, but the sensitivity to celebrate with people that celebrate. To celebrate the joy that others have. Do you know there's a terrible human condition called envy? It's the worst. It's worse than jealousy. You know this. Jealousy is looking at your neighbor's grass and saying, I wish I had green grass. Envy is looking at your neighbor's green grass and saying, I hope their grass turns brown while mine turns green. We have this incredible way to not celebrate and be joyful with people and what they're being blessed with. To shout it and say, I'm so glad. No, today there's an attitude of, oh, they got that, take it. Envy's riddled through our society. God wants us to have a sensitivity that also celebrates, not just to those that need the compassionate move, but those that need the partner in celebration. I celebrate God's blessing on your life. No, I might not have quite the same blessing. I've got other blessings, but I celebrate. If you can't see and celebrate God's blessing in others, you're missing seeing God's blessing in your own life. Because it's the same set of eyes. Celebrate. That causes you to approach others with a greater sensitivity and it builds great relationships. And finally, supreme life. Supreme life. If you're going to live in abundance, you want to seek the supreme life. A supreme life is a life in which you God has ruled all things. He is supreme in your life. You can go to him with anything. You can leave everything. He, Jesus said, You come on me, your heavy burden, come to me, come to me, and let me have your burden. And you didn't take on my yoke because it's really easy. My burden's really light. Come on, walk with me. I got a way better way and I got strength for you in all of the challenges that you face. It's the supreme life. There's nothing he doesn't rule. You say it sure feels like he doesn't rule. The quickest way for you to get peace in the midst of a lot of circumstances that are challenging you right now is to trust that God is supreme over every one of them. They're in his control. You say, but I don't feel it. (coughs) Folks, you don't feel your lunch yet, but you're going to have it. You're going to have it because you have a plan. How many here have lunch plans? How many here just lied? You got plans for everything. You know, you're going to ask when you get in the car, well, where do you want to go for lunch? If it's not home. But if it's home, it's what do you want for lunch? Everything about you has got a plan. God has a plan. And that is supreme over our life. So let me give you four preparation steps. Jesus told this parable, great parable. A man owned a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. We're talking about fruit now. He said to his gardener, look, I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree for the past three years, and I've never found any. Cut it down. Why should it continue depleting the soil's nutrients? The gardener responded, Lord, Give it one more year. And I will dig around it and give it fertilizer. And then maybe it will produce fruit next year. If not, then you can cut it down. First preparation step, and it's found right in the scriptures here. Ask God to do something new in me. Just ask him to do something new in me. In verse 6 it says, Jesus told this parable: A man, owned a fig tree, planted in his vineyard, came looking for fruit on it, and found none. He needed to ask now, do something new in me. you got places where the figs haven't showed up. you got places where the fruit's not there. you got places where you know it's not God's fruit. It's your fruit. He wants you to ask for something to be done new in you. God doesn't want you to stay in the same condition. He wants fruit in areas of your life in abundance. Second, be specific about what you want changed. Be specific about what you want changed. We're too general. Lord, bless my life. And he says, we already have, so I want you to celebrate it. I want you to be using it. I want you to enjoy it. It's all there. Be specific though. You still feel there's some things. That young man that went to Christ and said, you know, uh, I still lack something. What is it? He knew what he lacked. He was specific. He said, I I want eternal life. How do I get that? Be be specific what you want. You want something changed in your attitude in life, in your profession, something changed within your family? You want something changed in your life. What do you want? Change. There's, there's, there's a myriad of things that we should actually want changed. And so it's a good thing to want change. And, and when we do this evaluation and we look at our life, he wants to though to be specific and say, this is what I want changed. In this parable, he said to his gardener, look, I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree for the past three years. He knew what he wanted changed. I want figs. This fruit tree is supposed to produce this kind of fruit. I got nothing. What do you want specifically? Get specific with God. You ask him for something new to be done in you, and you be specific about what you want changed. Next, join with people who support your life reset. When you are going to reset your life, and you're going to get, start living a life that's going to start bearing fruit. You're going to start living a life in response to God that allows him to bring his fruit into your life. Then you need people who support that kind of reset. The gardener responded, Lord give it one more year." You need a gardener's around you. You need gardeners that are willing to work with you, be alongside you, allow them to do a little bit of digging, and allow them to do some fertilizing, allow them to do something that is beneficial to what you are needing and what you want. When you go down a trail, you say, I want fruit. That was the owner. I want fruit. Then the gardener comes with a plan says, Lord, give it one more year and I will dig around it. What's that all about? If you're a gardener, you know you got to loosen up the soil. It's probably baked hard. It's probably not that maybe the the nutrients can't penetrate. Maybe the water can't penetrate the way that it should. Let's dig it up. They're also pruning roots. Going down, digging up around the drip line, the roots. Just severing them a little bit. Let's disturb those roots a little bit. You got to be willing to have your roots disturbed. You should have relationships that disturb your roots for the good. When somebody comes to you and they say to you, you know, I wanted to say this, I love you. But man, you are carrying anger and it's affecting every conversation that we're having. You need to deal with this. Boy, that's disturbing the roots a bit. That's what the gardener said. Look, give it one more year. And I will dig around it. So he needed time, and then he needed to prune the roots because it takes time for that to respond to that. And he said, I'll give it fertilizer, food. So, three things time, disturb, eat. God uses these things, it's a process of bringing about change in our life and it will lead you to abundance of fruit right now you're held back because these three things are not being done you're not being confronted time enough enough it's over let's stop this let's do it different let's put one year in now dig around and now let's give it some food try that with your relationship give it time How about you give it, I don't want to give it time anymore. I'm done. Give it time. Because if time isn't given, then you can't have an opportunity for digging around the roots. And then let's together, if you were uh, enriching your relationship to live in a greater abundance, then you start disturbing the roots. You let things get dug around. How are we really doing with honesty or intimate things within our life? And how are we doing with celebrating each other? Uh, How much encouragement do we pour into each other on a daily basis? Uh, How are our ears working? Do we hear each other? Can we actually be there to really hear what they're saying and our response from that? And then give it fertilizer. What food am I bringing into this relationship? Am I, are we actually taking our faith and turning that into some food and nourishment for our relationship? You know, God wants you to have abundant fruit. He wants you to learn to live in abundance, but to learn to live in abundance, you need all three of these things. You need fruit, you need some digging, and you need fertilizer, and it's going to come through people around you if you are willing To join with those people who are going to support you. You know, CR, Celebrate Recovery, is an amazing program. A lot of people think it's just for addictions. It's not. I'm not even close to that. Celebrate Recovery is a Christian discipleship program. It navigates you through the fears and choices of life so that you are able to deal with the past and history of that, move into the present, and be set up for the future. It's a kind of program that nourishes growth in Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid of taking that year and giving yourself to that. Get ready for the next season next by letting go and taking up. We started off with that. We started off this intensive with this. Letting go and then taking up. Because this next season, if you want to live in God's abundance, you got to have both of those active in your life. Right now, if you're honest, there are things in your life right now you need to let go of. They may be attitudinal. They may be actions. They may be how you expose yourself to what kind of influences. It may be the choices that you are making and you know these choices are not feeding the part of you to bring into abundance. They're hurting you, in fact. But somehow, they seem to fit better with your will. You need to be willing to let go of the things that hold you back. And then taking up. Take up the things that cost you something that you're willing to do. That God says, if you do these things, then I will do this. Exercise your faith. Take up the opportunities to take on the challenges. Don't hide in the corners. Don't be somebody that shrinks back. Don't be somebody that's hiding from what God is doing in this world right now. You've got a place that God has brought you to. A time you live in. Not by accident but by design. But it will require you living in abundance. The world will only deplete your resources. You will end up starving yourself. You will end up with a spiritual, thin, can't dig a trench kind of Christian faith. God hasn't called you to that. He's called you to something far stronger, far better, One that requires strength. For those of you that have taken in these six weeks and the Wednesdays, I trust this has brought strength to you because that's what is required in our day and age. Listen to verse 9. Maybe it will produce fruit next year. If not, then you can cut it down. More or less, we delay the cutting down. We give it time. But we work that time. There are times in life that I have had to do the same math. Where it's been a little too sleepy. Needed to hear the alarm. Maybe it's a relational alarm. A parenting alarm. A grandparenting alarm. Maybe it was an alarm within business or economics. Maybe it's an alarm within the church, in the church world. Whatever it is, there are alarms that you need to hear. Hear the alarm. God is waking you up. For what purpose? For your unique place. So that you can find it, live it, and live it abundantly. Because Jesus came to give you life and then to give it to you abundantly. You weren't meant just to receive Christ. You were meant to live Christ. Would you stand with me, please? Fathers, we bow our heads before you. I want to thank you that you're so patient with us. But thank you, Lord, that you have come that we might have life, but not just life eternal, but life abundant here, now, every day. Father, we step out of that game and we don't hear the alarms and we, we just try and find new ways to kind of hide. Father, I pray that there would be something in us that would just be changed this morning. The Holy Spirit would change our thinking, our attitudes. That we would celebrate, Lord, all the blessings we already have. Amazing, amazing. What is in this room in health and in life and in in mental prowess and Lord within our ability Lord to do great things but Lord that's just just a drop in the bucket. What you're looking for is where we exercise what we got and we get a few loaves, a few fish and we give it to you. And then you bring abundance but there's no abundance without us giving it. So Lord, in a fresh way, I call, I call you here. If you're online here, uh, present in the auditorium, I call on you now to choose abundance and to surrender the little that you have, to give it to God and trust him in a true spirit-filled, spirit-empowered life. Because you are not meant just to receive eternal life from Jesus. You are meant to live in Jesus. And you are able to do all things through Jesus who strengthens you. Fill our souls with abundance. May our lives, even in times of testing, be strong in faith and immovable. May we be the kind of people, Lord, that no matter what we are going through in life, we will live abundantly in poverty we will be celebrating the health that we do have and the riches that we already have. Lord I pray that when circumstances come that seem to defy abundance that we will recognize that you have already blessed us and will continue to bless this life of faith. We thank you for what you've given us. We thank you for the supreme life. We thank you for the tenacity that it brings and that it cannot be destroyed. We thank you that it, that it Its thread can't be cut. We thank you, Lord, that you have said that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Neither things present nor things to come shall ever avail to do this. We have life so abundantly that it triumphs over all. Father, I pray that we'd stop death's work in us. That we grab it and pin it to the ground and not allow it to produce that kind of sleep in life. And I pray that we'd have every confidence that through your divine grace, triumph over every inward struggle and outward condition is under you. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing upon us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.